The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. That song, What Was I Made For? was made for the Barbie movie. I know it doesn't sound very pink, does it? <laughs> That's because um, it was written and recorded by none other than Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish is one of the top songwriters and performers in our culture right now. And by the way, um, I know that you just applauded, but like, you know, Billie Eilish is pretty up there and your, your worship pastor just delivered that song, y'all. Like, she put some, you can feel it in the keys. Billie starts off this song Again, you know, she's, she's at the top of musical success right now. Just an icon. And uh, she starts off this song, I used to float. I used to float. It's the first line of the song, I used to float. <sighs> float. I mean, to me, that word doesn't deliver much stress with it. When I hear the word float, my mind goes right to a lazy river. <laughs> Period. Right. Amen. You need you a lazy river right now, don't you? I know I do. <laughs> Float. When you're floating through life, and I hope at some point in time in your life you can say, man, I'm floating right now. Or you at least get to experience it, because we should, that you get to float through life. When you're floating through life, let me start. Let me start in what matters most. Let me start in your bank account. When you're floating through life, your, your bank account is floating on zeros. And I don't mean because it's empty. You don't just have a decimal point in there. You got a comma. You might have two commas. You might have three commas. Here at Lifehouse, we give. And we give. <laughs> I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of not. When you're floating through life, your kids are bringing home on a roll. They're cleaning the room without asking. Kids, your, your snap is like lit. You're getting mad views and likes on your posts on the gram. Like, when we're floating through life, it's basically you cannot miss Blindfolded, nothing but net. That's, that's floating through life. You can't miss. You can't do anything but win. It's such a great feeling. Like I said, maybe you are actually floating while you're, while you're floating. You're floating, looking up at palm branches. It's a great feeling. I used to float. If, um, if the Bible was describing your float life from its terms, it may describe it like how it described Job's float life. I'm going to introduce you to Job, and then we're in chapter one, and in the first couple, uh, first couple verses, you can see Job just floating through life. It says, in the land of Uz, in the merry old land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. Watch his first float. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He's even floating with God. What a good place to be. God says, hey, you say, hey, bad guy. I was like, ah, I see you. That's a great place to be. That's floating. He's even good with God. He had seven sons and three daughters. He's got a great family. Man, what a float. Got a beautiful family. And he owns 7,000 sheep. There's a comma. 3,000 camels. There's a comma. 500 yoke of oxen. 500 donkeys. Shrek. He had a large number of servants. Y'all ain't y'all, y'all awake. I, every time I hear donkey, I just, what are you doing in my swamp? Sorry. <laughs> he 
He had servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. It's even caught on to his kids, the float life. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, turn it up. And they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So, so Billy starts off her song, I used to float. I used to have life like this. And then in the very next line, which is too soon for me, in the very next line, she goes, now I just fall down. That fast. And to me, that's not how a float comes to an end, especially when I'm picturing a lazy river. Because when you get done the lazy river floating, and you finally roll out of that inner tube, and you're coming up the stairs, somebody's supposed to be handing you a drink. And like, like, it's supposed to be this wonderful feeling. But if you've ever been in a lazy river, you know how fast, like, if just like two kids hop in near you, wherever you're floating, it goes from lazy river to crazy river, like that fat, and you just get out. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what it feels like. Like, I used to flow, now I'm getting out. I used to flow, now I just fall down. So this is the pic from the video. Let me show you. This is the scene you see in the video, the song we just sang. It stays on this one shot the entire time. It just pulls in slow and the camera pulls out slow. Like It just does that. And you watch Billy sit here and she's got the little Barbie armoire. And what she's doing the entire video, she's opening up and she's doing a Barbie fit check. She's taking out all of the little outfits. She's looking them over and she's hanging them up. She's getting, because that's what it's like when you float. Everything is nice and neat and in order where it should be. And she's taking them out, she's hanging them up. And then all of a sudden while she's doing it, there's this jolt, there's this little, this quick quake. It's not long. It's almost, if you blink, you, you might even miss it. It's this shake at the desk knocks over some things, she composes herself and puts it back together, but by the time she gets done doing that, this immense wind just comes blowing through. It blows down the outfits, knocks down the little rack, her gorgeous little bangs are just going all over the place, like it's a mess. When she finally reestablishes herself, and gets her, just, I mean just barely by the time she gets done, perfect ending to a perfect day, it starts to downpour. It starts to rain, and when it rains, it pours. Guys, if, if Billie Eilish can be at the top of world music success, one of the most coveted aspirations for so many people, if she can be at the top of world music success and she still writes a song that says, what was I made for? And not only did she write it, she will tell you in an interview that when she wrote it, she was trying to picture what would a Barbie doll say? Uh, she, was trying, she was literally trying to picture what would a doll feel like? And the more she listened back to it, she was talking to herself. She feels this way. I used to float. Now it all falls down. I think I forgot how to be happy. Where did it all go? All the enjoyment. What was I made for? If she's at the pinnacle of success and she writes a song like this that she actually feels, whether she knows it or not, she's helping me preach today and she's telling us this, that prosperity is not purpose. It's not. That success is not security. Wealth is not our well-being. An achievement is not our assurance. That's what she's saying. 
And, and, and she shows it well on that line, like how it goes for us in life. One minute I'm floating and the next I'm falling down. You guys know that when I'm here at Lifehouse, this is my float place. You hear me a microphone, I'm a float, probably longer than I'm supposed to. You put me in the hallways, I'm floating. I'm saying hi to you guys. I'm giving high fives to little kids, high fives to big kids. I'm complimenting somebody's sneakers that are better than mine, very rarely. I'm, I'm giving hugs. I'm praying with you guys. Like, this is where I float. Now, a couple weeks ago, I was here floating. And I got, we weren't even through the first service, and I got a call. I don't normally get calls, not even from them stubborn robots like on Sunday mornings. I don't, I don't normally get calls. I just so happened to have my phone. I got a call, and I had to leave. I had to get out of here. I had to go right away. Um, my daughter, she drove a Fiat. If you don't know, if you're not familiar with what a Fiat looks like, it's like somebody stuck an engine inside a roller skate and said you could, and said you could drive it. Like, that was her car. This is, this is what it looks like now. This was my call. I was just floating, guys. I was just floating, and all of a sudden, I'm falling down on my way to Meredith's. Everyone's okay. Okay? Everyone's okay. But the reason why I give you this, because a smashed car is the perfect icon for just how fast we can go from no issues to tissues. Out of nowhere. How quickly our float can come falling down when everything was just in order and in line just a moment ago, and now all of a sudden, something feels like it's starting to unravel. Before Job knew it, his float started to fall down. It started to fall apart. I, I, just, I picture Job in this next scripture. I picture him like at home. He's in his mansion drinking some green smoothie thing. He, he, he checks the stocks, but to his shock, all his product is like plummeting. There's some, there's some crisis happening. And then before he can, he can gather his mind around what's going on, there's a knock at the door. And so he runs to the door and the fire marshal is there. And then while he's finishing his sentence, he, he gets a call on his phone and there's someone in panic. See, what happened to Job is out of nowhere, a messenger came running to him and saying, all of your oxen have been stolen, and the servants who were attending him, they were killed. His employees were killed. The knock at the door, the fire marshal's there, he's like, Job, your sheep, your sheep, and all, all of those who were attending him, they were, they were burned in a fire, a complete disaster. Your camels, there's, there's been robbers, you've been, you've been robbed, they're all taken away. Do you, do you see it? Do you see how he's sitting there lining his outfits all nice and neat, and all of a sudden there's... And then comes the wind. In verse 18, it says that while the messenger was speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Job, your sons and your daughters, they, they were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly, just like in the video, a mighty wind swept in from the desert. It struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed. Job, I don't know how to tell you this. They're gone. None, none of them survived. They're all dead. I, I barely made it out alive to escape to come tell you at this. Let 
one Jenga piece, and they all just started to come down. Whole world crumbling around him. And it says, at this, Job got up, and he tore his robe, and he shaved his head. This is, this is a posture of deep lament. It sounds ugly because this is his ugly cry. This is letting it all out. It says that he, he then fell to the ground. He fell. His world started to fall apart, so he fell. He fell, he fell into the bar. Yeah, because I need a drink right now. Matter of fact, I need a lot of them. Matter of fact, give me them all. He, he fell. He fell into just drinking away the devastation that was coming. His, no, 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 better than that. No, no, he, um, he fell. He fell into all his old familiar vices that could just numb everything he was experiencing so he wouldn't have to experience the disaster of what was going on in life. No, 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 no. He fell into, um, he fell into sin. Yeah. Yeah, he, he lost his character. And he, he, he did things that were totally out of character and out of his moral because, man, if this would happen to somebody, they should be able to deal with it however they want. No, that's not what it says, y'all. It says he fell to the ground in worship. He said, I didn't have anything when I came from my mother's room, from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart the same way. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. He's singing our song. Whatever my lot, you are still God. I will praise you again. It is well with my soul. Job could have fallen into any of those other mentalities, postures, or pains that I mentioned. At some point in time in our life, maybe you're in it right now. Maybe you've just barely gotten through one of them. Or maybe today, you're terrified at what awaits, but at some point in time, just because we live in a broken, fallen down world, something's going to push on the right Jenga piece and it's all going to start to come down. Unravel. It, I hate to say it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It's a matter of when we get a call. We get a knock at the door from a state trooper. We get notified from the base that our loved one serves at. Our spouse looks us in the eye and delivers us the most devastating news we've ever heard. Our kids drop a bomb on us. Our best friend drops a bomb on us. We get a notice from the bank. We get a foreclosure notice. It's just that one piece that's just enough and it's all gonna start to come down. And if there's one thing that Job would tell us through all the devastation that he went through. He would tell us, when it all falls apart, you fall into God. When it all falls apart, you fall into God. He's, he's answering in this moment. Job is answering Billie Eilish's question long before she wrote the song. He said, because Job had all those same things. He had prosperity, and he said, prosperity it's not my purpose. God is. My success is not my security. 
my God alone is. He's saying even my wealth was not my well-being, only my God is. None of my achievements can I have assurance in. No, I have a blessed assurance in my God alone. This is courageous. And honestly, it was Job's best understanding of why all of this was happening to him. Because we live in a karma world. We think that if all this happened to Job, well, then he, he did it. He brought this on himself. But Job knew. And you'll see throughout this book, because we're going we're gonna to talk through this book through the next couple of weeks. So just take a deep breath. Patrick's going to preach on this some. I'm going to preach on it one more time. And what you're going to see is that even though Job took this posture, it wasn't always easy to maintain. But he's trying to understand why this would happen to him because he knows that it wasn't some direct, the consequence of some direct sin that he did. He knew that all of his stuff wasn't stolen from him because he stole from other people. That wasn't it. I didn't get all I had by robbing others. So when I was robbed, that wasn't the reason why. When I lost my children, it wasn't because I'm an abusive, neglecting parent. No, no none of that's true. Okay, God, but... I get, you must have some kind of plan here, but, but what? And why? And why like this? Burned up in a fire? Why like this? Come on, God, I mean, like, I don't steal from people. And I lost everything I had, and yet, there's people becoming billionaires, robbing people blind. They're succeeding, and I lost all I had. Why do I got to lose my children? Well, there's people who didn't even want to be a parent. And you're giving them more. He was desperately trying to understand why this was happening. Still trusting God, but trying to come to the reason behind this. God, I'm just trying to understand why some of these disastrous things would happen to somebody good like me. And I think there's something that Job probably didn't see. Because when you look at the rest of the book, he doesn't really lean into this much. But there was something else happening while all this was happening to Job. So it's, it's October 29th. We are at the peak of the Halloween season. When you go home today and you chill and you watch some TV, all of your streaming apps are going to suggest to you movies to watch. And they're all going to be scary. Every last one of them. Everything from... Hocus Pocus, <laughs> to the Great Pumpkin, to like hockey masks, and, and things with um, like crucifixes, and you know, Catholicism imagery. You're gonna, see, you're gonna see a lot of that pushed to you. And it's because our culture, you guys, we have a fixation on the paranormal. We do, we have a fixation on it. We have an obsession with the mystery of the spiritual world. And let me just say, it is very real. Think about it. You are a physical human being, but inside you, you have an invisible spirit that none of us can see. There's a spiritual realm happening within you. Spiritual beings like angels and demons and their leader, Satan, are all very, very real. However, that does not mean that anything that a movie has shown you is real. Do you hear me? 
Not anything that they have shown you is, is real. Let me, let me show you actually what paranormal activity looks like. God has put this in here for you to see. Unlike the film industry, it is not to scare you. It is to prepare you. Let me show you. This is what it actually looks like. The first scripture that I gave you was Job's float life, one through four. And then I skip down to 18 and you see all this disaster start to happen to him. Just before it all went down, this is what went down. Verse six. One day the angel of the Lord came to present themselves. To, one day the angels came to present themselves to the Lord. And Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, this rhetorical question, where have you come from? Look what he says. Contrasted with any movie, even any cartoon that's ever showed you where Satan is at. And look what he says. From roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. You know, I'll be over here sometime. I'll be over there sometime. This one dude, man, I'll be at his house like all the time. You know, I'll be around. Then the Lord said to Satan, okay, so are you here because you got your eyes on my servant Job? Have you considered him? Watch this, you guys. Please watch this. This is God talking about Job. Watch what he says. There is no one on the earth like him. He is blameless. He is upright. He does the right thing for the right reasons. He's a man who fears God and shuns evil. He only wants me and nothing else. Satan's sitting there like, yeah, I know. I've seen him. Uh, but does he fear God for nothing? I mean, come on, God. It's, it's easy to love you, God, when you have put a hedge of protection around him and his household and everything that he has. You've blessed his work. You've got the work of his hands so that his flocks and his herds are spread throughout the land. I mean, God, come on. Anybody can love you when they floating. Why not? Why not? Bless God. Bless the Lord. I'm floating. Anybody can do that is what he's saying. Well, why don't we, we, we try a little experiment? Why don't you stretch out your hand and strike everything that he has? And I guarantee you, he will curse you. He will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, very well. Everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself, do not lay a finger. This is why this is in here. This is why this is here. It's because through your disaster and through the hardship that we endure and through the devastation of this life that can hit us in any moment like a sudden crash, God is showing you this so that you all know there is always something happening in the spiritual world that we cannot see in the midst of our struggles. Parallel to what we're living right now, there was always something happening behind the scenes. And this is the reason why for life, we need doctors and we need medicine for our health, but it ain't enough. This is why we need counselors and therapists for our mental health, but it is not enough. It's why we need things like recovery programs for strongholds like addiction, but it is not enough. It's not. It's why we need an income and we need to make a living and we need insurance and Jake from State Farm. We need all of that. 
but it is not enough. There's always something more going on than what is seen. There's always something going on behind the scenes. And that is why we need more than what is seen. Quite, quite honestly, what I'm really getting at is, guys, is what we need is we need prayer. I'm hinging in on that one thing today. We need prayer. If the battle is placed in the spiritual, it has to be faced in the spiritual. You got to pray before it comes. You got to pray through and you got to pray when it's done. Shout out to our prayer team. When it all falls apart, guys, we got to fall down in prayer. It's one of the things God has shown us. It's the second thing he's shown us is Satan. You know, God asked him, where you been at, bro? And he says, I've been, I've been, uh, you know, I've been, I've been roaming about. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples, and in one of his letters to us, he gives us this description because this isn't just Satan walking around having a good time. Peter describes exactly how he roams. And Peter says, Satan roams about like a roaring lion, drool, teeth, bloodthirsty, looking to devour any of us. And I don't care what any movie has shown you. Satan has one objective, and you see it in this, in this scene where he comes after Job. And I don't care what the movies are showing you. He is not trying to get you to, to do something ridiculous. He ain't trying to make you crawl up a wall. He ain't trying to make your head spin around. He's trying to make your head spin in a direction that's opposite of God, though. His only objective is to destroy us with sin. Not with magic tricks, not with a zombie. He's trying to destroy us with sin. He says, take away everything Job has and I bet I can get him to sin. I bet I can get him do, to do the opposite of what you've told him to do. I bet I can prove he don't love you. He just love your gifts. This is what he does. This is how he is. And you know why he wants to make us sin? Because in the midst of all of our devastation that we will face in life, there is nothing more devastating, more destructive than for us to leave this world in sin. He knows that sin is the most devastating thing to hit us. He knows that sin is what devastated the world from the beginning. And that's why he wants us to do it. He knows all of this. And he also knows that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, can forgive us of any sin. He knows that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came here on a mission to forgive us of that sin. He knows that disaster and devastation are never greater than God's design and destiny. Never, including the disaster of sin. It was always God's design that man would be with God. Our life would look a lot like how it did with Job. Connected, upright, a hedge of protection. We, we, that was always God's plan for us. Sin. The tragedy, the devastation of sin. Brought disaster to God's design. Devastated us now and devastated us for eternity. And just so we're clear on sin, it's any mentality, action, doing, being, that is the opposite of what God says is right. If God says it's right to give and we steal, do you know what that is? It's sin. If we're supposed to be honest and we tell lies, do you know what that is? It's sin. 
If we're supposed to be faithful and we cheat, it's sin. And it's destructive. And it's what brought destruction. But it's why Jesus had the destiny to die. And I want us to feel a way to that. It was our sin that sent Jesus to. You talk about floating. Jesus didn't need a float on water. He, he walked on water. But he went from walking on water to hanging on a cross. And he did that because he was the only one that didn't do this horrible thing called sin. So he could take our place in the consequence. When he hung on a cross, that's what he did. When he died, he gave us forgiveness. The opportunity to get forgiveness of any of these sins that are meant to destroy us and take us into destruction now and for eternity. Not only that, man. Not only that. The relationship we were meant to have with God can be restored because just days later after Jesus died and was buried in the tomb, God pulls him out of the grave. There's your paranormal activity right there. Jesus coming up out of the grave, but not as the walking dead, as the living king. And he did that so that we could have our relationship back with God. We could be forgiven of sin. And today might be the day, whether you've heard this your entire life or not, about Jesus, about our sin, about what he did. And whether you've heard it a hundred times or you heard it today for the first time, I'm giving you the opportunity right now to say, yes, you want that forgiveness and you want your restoration with God. And all I need from you, all God needs from you is a deep heart of hearts, honest yes. Do you believe what I told you? Do you believe that we have sin and that it destroys us? But Jesus was willing to take the penalty, raised from the grave to give us new life and forgiveness. Do you believe that? And if you do, and if you want it, you just say yes to Jesus right now. You ain't got to say it out loud. You can say it out loud for all I care. You can type it in the comments if you're, if you're agreeing to that and believing that online today. But if you're saying that, yes, let God seal it and then let us come around you. There's a QR on the screen for you guys here at the campus. This is how you can tell me, me personally, that you said yes to Jesus today. I'm going to reach out to you and celebrate with you. Please let me know that you said this. If, if this isn't your thing, that's okay. In a little while, I'm going to invite our prayer team to come up. You can tell our prayer team. You can tell somebody that brought you. But you need to tell somebody that you said yes to Jesus today. Guys, even with Jesus in this world... We still live in a broken, fallen down world. We're still subject to all the destruction that can happen to us. But what Jesus wants to give us today is a hope that goes beyond it. And in, in the scripture, it just, it's described best like this. In 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18, it says this. For our light and momentary troubles... When we, get, when we get a knock at the door, when we get a call, when we're in a crisis, when it's all falling down, I know it feels like anything but light. It feels smothering. But if in this scripture, the intentional word used here is light, that means that God is looking at it from a different vantage point. He's saying it's light. And not only that, it's momentary. It's only for now. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Let me give you a little spoiler about the story of Job. God doesn't let him suffer for nothing, you guys. God knew 
that from generations from his life on up until us right now, we will be able to see his life as an example of what it means to be faithful to God no matter what. But not only that, after all this happened to him, God restores upon Job more than what he had lost. More than what he had lost. Jesus is saying, I'm giving you more than anything you could lose or face in this life. It outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. Remember, there's always something more going on than what is seen. But on what is unseen. We don't see eternity yet. We don't see that spiritual realm yet. Since what we see is temporary, this is all only a moment. But what is unseen is eternal. He's saying that the, the hope of our eternity is the strength when we're in the hurt of our emergency. The hope of what is yet to come is what gets us through the pain that we endure right now. The hope of our eternity is our strength. In the hurt of our emergency, we will still have to face emergency, guys. While we're here in the temporary, we will still hear sirens. We will still get phone calls. We will still get knocks at the door. We will still need tissues. Don't put them away yet. We have them on our aisles, by the way. You will still need them. But Jesus, Jesus gives us a hope to hold on to. That no matter how bad it hurts here, he has something waiting for us that can never be taken from us. Never to be devastated again. And, and as I close, I want to I go back to something about the suffering that we face. Think back to that scripture for a moment where we see that scene. God and Satan are in a little debate over Job. And I have to admit, when I read it, when it got to the end, I was, I was a little in my feelings. Like I wasn't, I wasn't a lot of questions because I don't know if you remember what I read, but in the end, God said, okay, so be it. Like God, God let this happen to Job. This great God that he loved and was proud of, he, he, he let it happen. It's like, it's like if you ever had a bad childhood memory of like a bully on the playground and you hid behind your parent while the bully's there and then your dad just like, well, you better get on out there and face that. Like, bro, I thought you had my back. I thought like, just tell him to leave. But God let it happen. And for real, like that really, if you're human at all like I am, I was really like, for what? You could have just. And then I went back up. I went back up in the scriptures. And I just, I looked over again, thinking about how Job, how God talked about Job. I mean, we talk about God all the time. He's wonderful and he's powerful and he's righteous and he's just and he's amazing. And because of that, I'm going to give him my trust. But what we saw in this scripture, not only did Job trust God, God 
God trusted Job. And that made me think. I, I probably speak very well when I say, God, I don't, I don't want disaster. I don't. Let it go. I, I don't want any of that in my life. But God, I hope that when you look at my life, I hope you see somebody like Job. I hope you see somebody you're proud of, that you know in my innermost heart that I would do what you said is right. Just because it's right, I hope you see that I love you for you and not just for your blessings. And God, even though I wouldn't want it, if you would so choose me to endure something and not raise a fist at you, but raise a hand of worship, then may the name of the Lord be praised. It is well with my soul. I don't want disaster. But if God ever sees me so fit, then God, so be it, have your way. I told you that this cannot be faced. Whatever you happen to go through or will go through in the disastrous life, there's more happening behind the scenes, so you got to get behind the scenes. You need prayer through your disaster. I'm going to invite now our prayer team. They're coming on either sides of the, of the room. They'll be along the wall. I want to invite you today utilize them praying with someone is so powerful and if you need prayer today please step step out and pray with them while we go into this last song I'm going to pray but this battle when it all falls apart you have to fall into God you got to fall into God in prayer it is the only way to have the strength and the hope of our eternity while we're in our crisis let me pray you're a good God. You're a good God. Father God, you are good. May the name of the Lord be praised. God, you're such a giver. I want all of us here in this room right now, God, to just go over how much you actually give us. The deep breath we take in as we inhale, the family that we will embrace throughout our days, the roof over our head, the way you fill our stomachs and fill our hearts. God, there isn't anything you can't, even for the poor of us, there isn't a testimony of how good you are. God, because of that, we want to be people who love the giver and not the gifts. We want to love the blesser and not the blessing. And that means, God, as we as we endure the hardship and the disaster and devastation that is inevitable in all of our lives, God, we want to endure it with a faith to you. If our world falls apart, may we fall into you in faith, in prayer. May our prayer be it as well with our soul. God, we look to you now. We look to you in the days to come. May the name of the Lord ever be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.